Hey, this is Chris, and you're listening to Her Pocketbook Podcast. You already know what to do. Grab that glass of wine or that herbal tea, find that cozy place, and take this ride with us through Her Pocketbook. Let me start by saying this. Right now, more than ever, is a need for a woman's touch. History, hell, even evolution has shown the impact on a woman in this world. Yet the bond and relationship that we have among each other as women has been a struggle for over the past couple of decades or so. With the pressures of social media, issues with beauty, loyalty, and respect, we as sisters have lost our true sense of community and protection. On this episode, I'm joined with the ladies of TRT, the Roaring Twenties. These women are embarking on a journey to recreate our space in this world as sisters, girlfriends, and business partners. So it's 2021, and we're right dab in the middle, almost in the middle of um, Black History Month. But in tonight's case, it'll be Black History Month. (laughs) And uh, I'm pleased to kick off this season with some very special ladies. That's all of you. Um, With all this female energy that we're feeling, that's stirring up in the world, it's just bringing nothing but like positivity and change. We all feel it. We all see it. Um, And I'm just proud to introduce you guys, sister friends, and now new business partners. And I just think that you guys are already, well, we are already putting in the work to fulfill that positivity and bring that change already. Um, so I want to introduce you ladies. First of all, how are you doing this evening? Amazing. <laughs> As we all should. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to dive. Again, I think like we're at a time where women of color, we need a safe space. I've been thinking about this for a very long time. Um, with social media, with TV, with just the history of how women are perceived. I think we're getting in, we, well, we have gotten into a place where, you know, we're, we're a tug of war amongst ourselves, us as women. And we don't really, or really haven't had, and I'll say in the past couple of decades, a real place where we could all collaborate we could all be inspired by each other be motivated by each other and not have to worry about ridicule or be discouraged or all these insecurities Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. TRT which Dominique will explain later I feel like is moving in that direction to be a new movement to create that space I want to start with Dominique she's a very good friend of mine but she'll explain who she is because she can do it so well (laughs) Um, just set the scene for us set the stage for us um, give us you. Give us what TRT okay. is. Where did it come from, and why? Why do you think right now it is me? Oh my God! Okay, thank you, Chris. For first of all, thank you very much for having us on your amazing podcast. You know, as someone who has been your friend for a very long time, I'm just so proud of you know the initiative that you put forth in this podcast. I think there are a lot of podcasts out there right now, but none of them give me the vibe that I get when I'm listening to you and and the way you are able Mm -hmm. to go in deep and have these in-depth conversations with your guests who all happen to be Black women. And that's where I'm at right now. I don't want to hear from anybody else. (laughs) If you're not a Black woman, um, you know, someone who has had similar backgrounds as Mm -hmm. myself, 
everything you're telling me is coming from your your positionality in the world. <clears throat> and there's nothing wrong with that. By the way, I got my shirt in the mail. <laughs> if you if you guys haven't checked out her online platform, she has a store that's also attached to the podcast. Yeah. And I got that wonderful yes. um, her pocket but um, definition shirt. So that came in the mail today. So talk about like synchronicities and timing and all that stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kind of piggybacking on, you know, what you said, the Roaring Twenties or TRT, as, you know, those of us in the organization like to call it, it's really about, you know, what you said, creating a safe and inclusive space for Black women to really be vulnerable and to, you know, talk about the things that we know, but then also talk about the things that we need to unlearn you know, to, to be there in a supportive and a collective sisterhood for one another. And then to use that to kind of propel our, you know, futures, you know, to, to, to build generational wealth, to um, create a more sustainable future for ourselves and for, you know, our daughters and our children that are, are coming after us. So um, my name is Dominique Lightsey Joseph. Um, or Dr. Dominique Lightsey Joseph. Your girl mm-hmm. does have a doctorate degree, so let me let me just get into Do that. Not leave out right the letters, right? I, you know, completed my doctorate program in education this past year. So 2020 was, you know, when when I completed my doctorate dissertation, all that good stuff. And my dissertation focused on it was a qualitative study in which I interviewed 16 Black women who were in senior level leadership positions um, in higher ed administration. And specifically what I wanted to know from a desire-centered perspective, I wanted to know, you know, what were some of the challenges that you faced in getting to your, your position, your role? I wanted my dissertation to kind of be this um, roadmap for women who were just starting out into the field to kind of navigate kind of the pitfalls and you know all those bombs that just happen to come out of nowhere how do you navigate that and still get to your destination and how do you get there faster than had you not known this information obviously there are a lot of things that came up by doing these qualitative interviews with these women mostly just the external stimuli that made their you know transition to senior level leadership difficult a lot of it had to do with you know systemic racism and sexism that is still very pervasive to this day. It's just disguised as something else. So it's slights, it's, you know, microaggressions, it's invalidations, it's invisibility, it's these things. And so from that experience, one of the things that came out of it was like, all of us seem to be longing for a connection to each other. Um, All of these women were concentrated in uh, a a university in Southern California, but they had never met one another. They didn't know where each other were. There was just this lack of connection, but yet we were all going through these very, like, real similar experiences. And so part of the Roaring Twenties was kind of developed from that mindset that we need to connect. And Beyonce said it like years ago when she was like, we got to get in formation. (laughs) This is what I think she was talking about. We've seen what we can do when we connect and we are collectively on the same page. I mean, you can look at 
Vice President Kamala Harris as an example of that. You can look at a number of other um, political initiatives that have taken place and how Black women are being brought to the forefront in these conversations as evidence right. of that. That's what we do. But we do it in a collective shared commitment to, to these tenants, to this, to this work. The Roaring Twenties, I, I will also say, I get a lot of questions about like, well, and I, I, I got to be honest here, y'all. I cannot stand when someone says, oh, the Roaring Twenties, that's giving me like great Gatsby vibes. No. This, so no. Little more the more color than that. Little more color. It's it's beyond color. It's beyond color. When people say the Roaring Twenties gives some great Gatsby vibes, it's kind of like slightly a slap in the face because the Roaring Twenties was not just about this one book written by this white man about his marriage and you know how they had all this excess but no purpose. This is the exact opposite of that. There were a lot of other things going on during that time. We had the emergence of the Black Renaissance. And how Black people at that point were able to tap into this creativity and this, you know, love for the arts and for music and for language um, in ways that we weren't offered before. But then behind the name as well, it's not just about, you know, it's not just about the Roaring Twenties. It's also about the, the, the number in itself. Like there's a practical and an inspirational reason behind the name. Um, where practical is concerned, there are 21.8 million Black women that live in the U.S. And like I said, we've seen what our collective efforts can do in politics. So what else can those efforts do? What else can these 20 million plus women do? What else can we, you know, if given the opportunity to kind of collectively think about the change we want to see happen, what else can that 20 million do? And that's a powerful force <laughs> 20 million right that's a lot and then we're also you know in the 21st year of the 21st century and there's still so much that you know we want to accomplish that we refuse to leave for our daughters mm -hmm. to do you get what i'm saying like for example you know we're not slated to reach equal pay until like 21 30 mm -hmm. black women are not slated to reach an equal pay um, or equal salary to white men until 2130. So that's right now telling me I'm not going to see it in my lifetime and my daughter isn't going to see it in her right. lifetime. I have a problem with that. Why put off what we can we, we can advocate for and do today? Like that, that just doesn't make sense. And then, you know, inspirationally, we know that, like I said, there was the, the Harlem Renaissance, there was Josephine Baker, there was, you know, all of these things that were happening in the Black community that I think we also need to tap into today. Just an unabashed love of ourselves and just doing it by any means necessary. So I don't know if that answered all your questions. <laughs> it know. did, and, and I just, plenty more. No, that's it, plenty okay. more. You've explained mm -hmm. the logistics of it, but I'm just really seeing it as a true movement. Like it's a movement of women taking over and making it happen for ourselves without a struggle, without it having to be this pain that we had to go through. Or, <laughs> you know, just... This struggle, this <laughs> anger that had to get us there. No, we're doing it with pride. We're doing it with smiles. We're doing it with true happiness from inside. Mm -hmm. It's not coming out mm -hmm. of um, a place of desperation. It's coming from a creative space, a space where 
we're taking the time to truly think about what this is going to be, how it's going to look, how it's going to affect our daughters, like you said, other women, hell, our elders, you know, they've mm-hmm. kind of gotten to a place mm-hmm. where we're not going to change, but, you know, just the pride they would have in seeing what they have paved the way mm-hmm. for. TRT, the Roaring Twenties, you know, it comes from a personal place for you. And mm-hmm. finding sisters, finding women that you know in your deepest of heart can implement this vision, can bring about this change, can bring about what you see in your head, what you put down on paper, is that's kind of a daunting task, you know, because I can see that you probably, you know, gotten so okay, so who do I pick? Who do I, what am I going to do? What if she's going to be mad? You know, and there, and there goes what I was talking about earlier, space to, you know, create, inspire, motivate without that discouragement. Oh no, what's going to happen if I choose this person and don't do, you know, it's going to be this whole thing, all this trouble. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm not going to get emotional. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but honestly, and this is something I urge all Black women to do. You have to think about yourself as, you know, your peace. And anyone in your life has to add to that peace and not take away from said peace. You know, it really wasn't a daunting task to figure out who could help me bring this vision to light because I had already done my work in terms of protecting myself and protecting my circle. And so I knew that the people that were in my life, we were kind of on the same wavelengths already. Like we all have a commitment to black womanhood, black sisterhood, black femininity, you know, black motherhood. We we already have those connections. We've already worked together in some, in some um, way, shape or form, whether it be, you know, myself and, Chris actually physically worked together at a university. Um, Same for me and Brandy. And then me and Shaquita, we actually met in our grad program. And these these relationships that I was able to build with each of you were organic. And I find that when I am able to build a relationship with someone organically, meaning it wasn't even like I had to try, like it just happened. <laughs> like the universe just said, okay, this is who you need to like. There she go. Connect yourself, right? There's your people. <laughs> it just, it, it was a no brainer. As I was thinking about, you know, the types of positions that I would need very early on, in the in the kind of jump starting of this organization and this movement and this community, I knew I needed someone to handle like strategy. I needed someone to handle like marketing and getting out there, um, getting street teams and all that stuff together. And I knew I needed someone to handle finance. These are all things that in my head I was like, this makes sense. These are the four things that the three things that you really need to to get your organization off the ground. And then as I sat and I just kind of did an audit of the people that I knew that I trusted. I mean, the three of you were just there. Like it wasn't even, you know, and then, you know, there are other women in my life too. And honestly, I don't think they felt any kind of ways about, you know, me selecting you three over, over them. And if they did, you know, honestly, that's, that's their business. That has nothing to do with me. I'm not taking ownership (laughs) of other people's feelings but (laughs) 
um you know when it came to you three it was just a no-brainer and and i'll just go down the list so we have brandy junius who is our chief chief strategy officer and believe it or not brandy and i have been talking about doing something related to to trt for at Mm -hmm. least the past two years now and so i think of her as you know someone she's someone who really can get into my mind and untangle my thoughts in a way that makes (laughs) sense to the general public and like then turn those untangled thoughts into action okay so what you're trying to say is this what you're trying to do is this um and so that you know that's brandy and then um there's shaquita humphreys presley presley um when i think about my time with quita quita has mm-hmm. known everybody okay and when i say know everybody i mean there's a gen there's genuine like she has genuine relationships with with people and she's uh, uh, someone who is um, kind of a, a thought leader and a leader with passion. And so these people that she genuinely knows and genuinely has relationships with will, will go above and beyond for her. And I'm one of those people. And so I'm like, okay, th- there we go. That's marketing and external relations right there. You can't teach that in school. That's just kind of a characteristic of who she is as an individual. And then as far as Christian is concerned, this woman, you know, is a single mom who's raising twin girls, doing it away from family. And I've seen the way that she's been able to hustle. She's been able to turn, you know, $50 into something that, you know, she's been able to stretch it. And that to me says that she has an understanding of money. She has an understanding of finance, how these things can you can take something and flip it into something more. And I've seen her do that. So why not provide an opportunity for her to do that at a much larger scale? So, yeah, it was pretty much me taking the time to really look at the friends that I have who are all amazing in their own right and finding some kind of way to carve out a piece of this organization that they can call their own and build in their own right. Well, first of all, we thank you. <laughs> Seriously, thank you for the opportunity for even thinking of us in that light. This opportunity, personally, it, it kind of came right on time. Don mentioned that I have um, two twin dollars. These are two pre-teen twin <laughs> daughters. Let's, let's put that out there. To, Let's have a moment of silence. <laughs> but right now, they're in seventh grade, and you know this year has been crazy with them not being in school. They're not physically in school. It's all this online <laughs> shit. But um, <laughs> seriously, this shit. But, um, this is a critical time for them. So they're twelve. They'll be thirteen this summer. And imagery is everything right now. Imagery mm-hmm. is what is going to form their strengths, what's going to form their insecurities. And Mm -hmm. right now, I really felt with, you know, they've got TikTok and, you know, these kids are kind of on Instagram a little bit. They've got Snapchat, YouTube, whatever the case may be. They're so spongy in the head. They're so, you know, green and just kind of taking everything as it is what it is. 
just now was the time that I needed something that was going to push positivity. What was going to drill in their heads pride in being young black girls? What was going to drill in their heads the beauty of their skin, the beauty of their voice, the beauty of their hair, everything that they are, everything that they do, they have, can do, their voice is special. When you brought this to me, you know, well, we've talked about it before. You've told me about this before, but when it came to fruition Mm -hmm. and you gave me the call to say, hey, you know, get on. I want you for this. I almost dropped everything because I need this right now. I need Mm -hmm. this for them. I need them to see. I need something out there that I know is genuine, that I know is solid, that I know is for them. And... Brandy and Quia, I don't know, because you're both raising young Black girls as well today in this society. Mm-hmm. So, you know, would you attain to that? Do you, do you agree with that? Or how do you feel? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I absolutely agree. My daughter is seven right now. Um, but, you know, when I think about the input that I was getting at that age and the stimulus that I was getting at that age, it's completely different, right? Like, we didn't have YouTube. We didn't have you know, some of the things that kids are really into and they they get these ideas and these images of what it means to be beautiful, what it means to be liked or loved. And, you know, as I was going through my self-love journey and trying to understand those things for myself, part of that process was really unpacking all of the untruths that I've been told about myself and that um, I told myself in comparing myself to other people And the first thing I thought about after I was done unpacking all of those things was my daughter and like, oh shit, these are the same images she's getting. Like these are the same truths or untruths that she's receiving about herself. And so, you know, it's really important to me, just like you said, Chris, to put in front of her an image of herself being uncompromisingly beautiful and perfect. Like there's nothing that can take away from the amazing young woman that she's going to be. It doesn't matter what the world says about her or people who look like her. And so to be able to be a part of something like this and for Dominique to have thought about me and included me and thought about the impact this would have for our daughters was just really special and meaningful. And it was just really important for me to be involved and to let her see what we can do as black women and who we can be and to paint a better picture. Yeah, I would agree. When Dominique, approached me with this idea I was you know I was overjoyed this is the this is what really gives me life like creating community and creating spaces and um you know providing a platform for black women to connect it's what really empowers me so I spent a lot of my time in college and in my professional life um doing just that creating spaces for black women whether I'm you know the president of the black student union or creating programs like the one at USC called Sister Circle. Um, This is what doing this Mm -hmm. type of work and being in community with Black women is what really just, it it provides a spark for me. So when she came to me with the idea, I was like, oh Mm -hmm. yeah. And for my daughter to see that, um, I think for Sanaya, it's just like, like, you know, she's used to seeing me in spaces like this and engaging with Black women this way. And well, I try to be, really intentional about that with her because I grew up seeing um, relationships amongst black women that were really unhealthy. Mm. And I wanted, I don't, I did not want Mm -hmm. my daughter Mm -hmm. to grow up seeing that or seeing black women fight and argue. I don't let her watch, you know, reality TV shows 
Um, I want her to see right. <laughs> no love in hip hop. <laughs> I want her to see black women doing what we're doing, coming together to create empowering spaces for black women. Um, so, in addition to what you know, everything you said, Chris, and what you said, you do, what you wanted to create for your daughter, um, Brandy. You know, I want her to also see that black women have healthy relationships. In addition to you're beautiful as a black woman, you're smart. You know, you can do anything. You have a woman who um, embodies your image right now as a vice president. My daughter is also uh, black and Asian. Mm-hmm. So I always tell her, like, look, there's a black and Asian lady in the White House. Yes. Too, but mm-hmm. in addition to all that, she also <laughs> needs to know that black women can have really healthy, functioning relationships and can, you know, shoot, we can take over America together. We don't have to do it um, Against together. each other, you know, really build together. Yeah, that that twenty million, so, right? Yeah. I love it too. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. You're welcome. <laughs> so, what do you see for your for the members? You know, do you want them to feel that same for themselves? Want them to feel that same for their daughters? For the members, I mean, we have a lot. We have a lot of things that you know, the the four of us have discuss that we really want to like bring into fruition outside of just you know where we are right now like so you know five years from now we want to add you know other initiatives to the platform that kind of take what we're what we're talking about and actually put it into action so you can see it happening in your communities you can see it happening you know outside your front door like we we want to do that at at some point but right now I think what we want members to do is to to know, one, who we are, that we are a space, that this movement is just as much theirs as it is ours, and that they build on that. So right now, we're all about connections. We want as many Black women as possible to know who we are. Um, and then we also want them to engage. We want to hear from them. We want to know, you know, what suggestions do they have? What advice do they have? What um, do they want to see us us do? What do they want to see us build upon? Um, because we also understand we have our own ideas of what, you know, our community needs and what our community wants. But we also recognize that Black women are not a monolith and we have very different experiences. And so we want to hear from as many Black women as possible. And so part of that is, you know, visiting the Roaring Twenties, LLC.com, signing up for membership and engaging. We have so many ways that they can engage with one another. We have a forum um, where they can talk about any and everything. We also have these virtual mixers that will be kicking off um, at the end of this month. And then we also have blogs. So even if, you know, like we write for the blogs and we talk about things that are important to us, but we also want to hear what's important to them. So we're open to submissions from, you know, other Black women who are members of the organization who want to talk about, you know, something that's important to them. We want to foster the connection, foster the understanding of what uh, TRT is, build that street team figure out what the street team wants to go to the streets about (laughs) (laughs) right and then we go to the streets well I see just opportunity for bringing together Mm -hmm. some generational gaps 
I think of, you know, moms, aunties, cousins, or daughters, nieces. Time has like taken away the connection. You know, I was talking earlier, we're talking about, you know, sisterhood and friendship and the collaborative and collective. But on a deeper note, just women in general passing on <laughs> game, mm-hmm, <laughs> passing mm-hmm. on um, the to-dos. And I'm talking about simple stuff like, you know, things that were passed down between mm-hmm. women, things that were a standard as mm-hmm. being a woman, woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. those have been lost. You know, there's mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's hard to pinpoint where that gap started because there's so many Mm -hmm. um and i think having a platform where women of all ages are able to come together and kind of map out their niche within Mm -hmm. the foundation within this platform can truly be you know a blessing to someone else you know a 72 year old could be um, <laughs> speaking to a twelve-year, I mean, mm-hmm. speaking to a an eighteen-year-old, you know, fresh mm-hmm. out of high school, mm-hmm. going straight to college, you know, you never know who will latch on to whom. You know, it's mm-hmm. a lot of it's a lot of girls or women, young ladies mm-hmm. that don't have moms anymore, and you know, mm-hmm. you never know what mm-hmm. someone's looking for when they, um, you know, become part of these memberships, become part of these organizations. You know, you never know what they're looking for. And I truly think it's an opportunity for bridging those generational. Right. Oh, you bring up a really great point, Chris. Um, there is a lot of, I call well, I call it because, you know, I coined mm-hmm. this. Now I got to do a shameless plug. I coined the term tempered herstriology, which is, this passing down mm. of feminine ethnic Ooh. knowledge between black women from generation to Say generation. Yes. This passing down of this like feminine ethnic knowledge from generation to generation mm-hmm. as a roadmap of caution. That's something that it seems to be there are some women who have who have mm-hmm. that that lineage isn't broken. And then there are some women who don't. And you're right. I think I think you're 100% right. The Roaring Twenties can serve as that space to kind of fill in that gap for those who have have had those links mm-hmm. broken at no fault of their own. It just might be the circumstances in which they were born or, the, you know, regardless, this can be that place where you have these women from these different generations that mm-hmm. can pass the game down. And then, likewise, I do also think that there's a lot that, you know, young women can also teach older women about what it's like to really be progressive in a society. We can't wait for someone to help. Mm-hmm. That has never worked for Black women. It will never work for Black women. And that's not just, you know, a, a systemic race racist issue or a systemic sexist issue it's also mm-hmm. in, prevalent in our community when I think about who I've always been able to rely on mm-hmm. it has been a black woman word is bond and so if that's how we are acting with within ourselves then then if, if we have those go-getter attitudes and if, if, if I can't depend on him to help me do this I'm gonna do it myself then we need to take that out of uh, not just within this community but take that out 
put that in in these professional spaces as well put that in these spaces outside of the home mm-hmm. as well because that's how we're going to end up getting our equal pay during this life yeah. gotta so, do it for gotta do it ourselves well go, i would i would just add to that like in functioning in both of those ways i think TRT also becomes a surrogate healing space, you know, mm-hmm. cross directionally, like across mm-hmm. generations, right? Mm-hmm. Where um, through seeing the progress and development of the younger ladies, it can serve as, you know, a, a healing mechanism for some of the older women. And mm-hmm. as some of the younger women are going through and mm-hmm. experiencing some of the different things that they're going through and experiencing, getting that wisdom passed down from the older women can serve as a healing mechanism as well. And so, and, and I think as we engage more meaningfully in these connections and build out mentorship and relationships through the Roaring Twenties, um, you know, as we heal ourselves and heal each other, mm-hmm. um, we've said before, you know, Black women heal the world, right? Like mm-hmm. we we take that and we magnify mm-hmm. that and we elevate it. And so creating a space that allows that honest communication and that, you know, that open connection will really help in that way as well. And so it's important to have this space where we can be vulnerable Mm -hmm. is what I'm what I'm hearing you say because a lot of times we have to put on this yes just to walk out the front door and we can't even let that guard down in Mm -hmm. you know places where we spend the most time we can't let the guard down in our in our professional lives we can't let it down a lot of times in our relationships and you know you know with our significant others and so where can we take it off, sit down with a glass of wine and, and let it all out without fear of judgment, without, mm-hmm. you know, the oppression Olympics of someone coming in. Well, I know you're going through that, but mm-hmm. think about, you know, what this is. This is what the Roaring Twenties, that, that TRT community is about. No one here is going to say, well, I know you're dealing with that, but um, do you know how much is going on outside of mm-hmm. your immediate identity yeah we know we're, we're told that all the time every time we bring up something that's a problem for black women we're told that you know we'll we'll get to that later we want to focus on you know mm-hmm. this bigger issue right now mm-hmm. that is not something that you will experience mm-hmm. in this community everyone right. on the a, same page. what you say do you know mm-hmm. what's going on mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like girl and then <laughs> Right, and on top of that, but mm-hmm. but check this out, though. <laughs> right, I think that's right. what makes um, TRT such a unique and you know awesome space. I know in education, like we all come from higher ed backgrounds, we talk a lot about creating spaces and safe space and things like that. But we're oftentimes dependent on people in the room to make the space safe when they don't identify the same way we do. Um, and I think that. Mm-hmm. TRT provides that safeness, um, that safe environment on a platform that we can be sure of. Like, we don't have to really question, like, are they going to create a safe space for me? Like, I know it's a group of allies and is this space going to be safe? Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's inherently safe because it's right. like we all identify with the same group. Mm-hmm. We're all black women. And so we can kind of depend on that. We don't have to you know, come in with this illusion of a, a, a safe space. Like we can kind of rest in knowing that amongst other black women, we are safe. And this is a platform that was created
created by and for Black women. It's not on Instagram. It's not on Zoom. I mean, you know, some of our talks mm-hmm. might be on Zoom, but I mean, it's mm-hmm. not um, in these spaces that weren't created by us. So we can be sure of the fact that this is this is us. This is, right. you know, for us. Feel safe in coming to talk. Express yourself through our blogs and, you know, the forums the way you want to because who's monitoring the space is, is Black women, you know, who are the authors of the space? Black women. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can feel safe in knowing that. So. Mm-hmm. That is such a good, um, a, a great, like, mm-hmm. feature. And I, mm-hmm. something I didn't even think about, Guida. Like, I didn't even think about the fact that, you know, this space is not us tacking onto something that already exists. It's We literally mm-hmm. created it from the ground up. We literally own it from the ground up. We manage it from the ground up. And it's not... There's no outside influence right. on on this space, so that that wow that resonated. I didn't even think about that. I just thought about something. So um, Marianne Williamson, she's um, yeah. So she has a book. It's called uh, A Woman's Worth, and I'm kind of um, skimming through it now. But one thing that stood out to me, she was talking about how mm. the concept of witches came about. Mm. So, um, in those days, you know, after the women were all done with their duties of the Mm -hmm. day, they would all congregate together Mm. and just talk about, you know, anything, you know, we really don't know what it was, if it was about the day, if they were complaining, if they were just, you know, having girl Mm -hmm. talk, but to the villages it looked as mm. if they were conspiring something evil because why mm. are they in the nighttime always going together wow. and talking about something and we don't and we don't see them until the break of day when it's time to go back to whatever they do during the so day. So the witching hour. And so it kind of that came from that. The witching wow. hour. It's nighttime. Hell, it probably was midnight in the middle of the damn right. night. We just gonna get together, sit down in the circle put a little fire in the middle of us and yeah it looks mm-hmm. like we're chanting but we could be crying we could be laughing they could we could be laughing we're singing a song making up songs we are just communing wow. but because these women were so powerful and together every single night mm-hmm. it had to be something wicked they had to be conspiring mm-hmm. something that was against mm-hmm. us the mm-hmm. men that was against mm-hmm. us so, you know, women, because of their men, started to, you know, fade off a little bit. And those that were left, the image of them were these rotten, old, ugly, mm-hmm, you know, and it could have been the ones that, hey, I don't even have to, I'm not worried about what I look like. I don't care about him and these kids or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. <laughs> but they were the last ones standing and just got this bad imagery about them. So this being a space where we can commune this being a space where we have Mm -hmm. those midnight witch hours Mm -hmm. is refocusing that it's not a witch Mm -hmm. hour it's a woman's hour it's our hour to unwind it's our hour to like you said just did you know this was going on but and 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 Mm -hmm. and to just compile all of this that we have inside Mm -hmm. of us need to get out and holding on all day and to let it out and know that mm-hmm. me releasing is a true release. Mm-hmm. 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 
that was powerful. That. that was powerful. And it made me think a bit about, um, you know, us working on this, 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 this important movement together. It makes me think about how as black women, we've always been so close to having our own movement, our own space. And for whatever reason, it's always kind of put on the back burner. Okay, we'll hold this for we'll hold well, this for now. Well, it's it's not for it's not for whatever reason. Well, you're right. You're because, right because because that was the witch's hour. They have to be conspiring something that is so powerful. We're not either going to be able to contain it. Right. We're not going to be mm. able to be part of it. We're not going to be able to control it. Right. So so let me rephrase. Black women in this country, we have always been on the precipice of a movement. And then systemically, our issues mm-hmm. get forced to the background by either mm-hmm. black men mm-hmm. or white or white women. Mm-hmm. They, both, they both. They <laughs> both. Yeah, and trauma. Re- tra- collective trauma as well. But. They both have a tendency to use our voices mm. to elevate their needs. And the minute we also put up what our needs are, it's, well, you know, we can't walk and chew gum. All right. We got to focus on what's the forefront right now. Right now, it's not about the, the issues that you have as a black woman in this country. It's not about that. It's about blackness in general. And it's not about the issues that you, the, the unique challenges you face as an intersectional, you know, black woman, it's about women's rights. In yes. And so we've never had that space to say, this <laughs> isn't about y'all too. This is about yeah. me. This is about my experience. This is about what I need. Mm-hmm. Someone said that, you know, if you want to look at um, kind of the, the what, what was it, the productivity or the success of a country, you have to look at you know, their most disadvantaged individual and see how they're faring. Because that really does tell you, you know, what they're what that country values and 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 whether or not they're doing all that they say they're doing. And if I'm not mistaken, I think mm-hmm. we are the most disadvantaged. We've been disrespected. What, what Malcolm said unprotected. unprotected. That's the key word. Disrespe- yeah. Disrespected. Yeah. Come on. So what? So you talking about the witching hour and talking about you know, um, kind of the that almost false start to uh, a feminist movement because that's what that was. It was a false start. Like it could have grown, it could have been something, but then you had those mm-hmm. that were more male identified than others <laughs> who said, "Oh well, I'm not going to do that yeah. no more because they calling y'all witches and you know I, I don't want right. I don't want no part in that." And then you have all of these other mm-hmm. movements in American history that have happened throughout time where women were on the precipice, where women were on the precipice. And then women actually had that movement, right. white women. <laughs> and and we still haven't had ours. And so TRT is kind of that springboard, I see, for us to really start delving into what are our, our issues? What are our initiatives that we want to put forth? And how do we go about using that voice that's 20 million strong to get people to actually listen yeah as you were you talking know? about that dom too i was just thinking about like 
how deeply affirming it is to be in a space where you don't have to justify your existence. You don't have to explain your trauma to somebody who thinks that they relate to you, but they really don't. Like explaining a black woman's trauma to a white woman mm -hmm. or explaining it to a black man. Um, having to advocate for yourself within someone else's movement and just having that that space to say, right. no, you're not crazy, you're not wrong, you're not overreacting, you're not being extra, it is exactly how you said it is, and we all know that's trash, and we're all working to fix mm -hmm. it. You're, we're not gonna gaslight mm -hmm. you into thinking that, <laughs> you know, you should be happy with the yep. women's right mo rights movement yep. even though it excluded you, or the, you know, the um, Black right. Lives Matter movement mm -hmm. even though uh, it fails to protect you in so many fundamental ways. And so, yeah, I think, I think having that mm -hmm. space where mm -hmm. we're all kind of starting from that same understanding, no one has to explain or justify, and then you can just move forward, I think is really special about TRT and the space right. that we're creating. I'm proud of us all, you know, that everyone's just taking the diligence to put their all into this, you know, because it's, it's not a fly by mm -hmm. night. It's something that's truly heart driven that's truly needed we know it's needed you know and and that's what's going out into the atmosphere it's 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 coming from love it's coming from a place where we know everyone has been mm -hmm. will get to or is going through right now mm -hmm. last words but if i could leave last words i would want the listeners to think of or to just hone into on trt it's something you need to be a part of mm -hmm. if you've ever been sitting in your room and you're thinking like, what can I do? Or I need help? Or how do I start? Or I need someone to talk to? This is not about those oh, signing up for a therapy session. Like I need a home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I need to find mm -hmm. somebody that feels me. This is something that you should be a part of. Right now, me personally, I am down for it. Mm -hmm. Everything. Yes. Black women <laughs> this year, you know, but yeah, this is something that you want to be a part of yeah. at any level. No, everything mm -hmm. that um, Chris just said reminds me, it, it, I mean, it makes me think a lot about uh, the 1920s and the Harlem Renaissance. Think about the folks who were around during that time and didn't believe in the movement that a lot of these black artists, black authors, um, and black intellectuals mm. were engaging in during the 1920s. The Harlem Renaissance was a, def a defining moment for black people and for black history. But think about those who um, didn't believe in the movement and those who missed out on the the changing of what it meant to be a black American during that time. And then I relate that back to now, like we're in like a changing moment for us as black Americans, especially as black American women. This is a defining time for us. So I always think about like the zeitgeist. So the 1920s zeitgeist was, um, you know, change and uh, rebelling against the standard quo. That's what was defining for, for us back then, you know, going against the grain, creating for ourselves, creating art, creating music, creating literature that changed the way America, America and the world looked at Black people. And so now we see this like the surgence of black women just doing amazing things across the country. And I would argue across the globe, we see mm -hmm. black women just really doing these amazing things mm -hmm. and it's changing mm -hmm. what it means to be a black American woman. And for those who 
don't support these movements or who don't want to get in on it, um, you're missing out on being a part of history. And I think that with movements like ours, um, with our VP, um, and then other Black political leaders, Black women in the arts and in um, media, they're doing such great things. We're doing such great things. And I don't want to miss being a part of that. And so being a part of this gives me such great joy. Like I I find myself talking to my friends and just talking to people and always saying that being in community and hearing from and learning from Black women really does like empower me. Like if I'm feeling down or if I'm feeling just uninspired or if I don't, you know, if I'm just feeling like melancholy, if I get to talk to some of my friends, talk to you guys, or just be in community in some way with Black women, I'm, like, immediately just energized. Like, mm-hmm. right, like, I just, you know, I'm inspired by <laughs> creating oh, stuff. And so I think that to miss out on this would be to just right. really miss out on a movement. And I'm not just talking about TRT. I mean, being a part of this this wave, yeah. The uh, wave. You're missing out on being a part of a movement. Mm-hmm. So yeah. TRT is just it one is way that way. you can be a part of this, so... I would say, yeah, you know, join us. Follow us on social media, Roaring20s underscore LLC. Mm-hmm. What I would say to people who are learning about the Roaring20s is that, you know, each one of us has a brilliance. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage you all to find a way to share your brilliance. And I think this is a really unique opportunity to do mm-hmm. that. Um, everybody has knowledge and wisdom and a passion that they can contribute and you know I think there's a lot of people right now when I kind of look across the landscape in this country and I look at all the different movements what I see is a lot of people trying to find ways to contribute to the collective trying to find ways to enhance our culture trying to find ways to make progress that's meaningful and you know becoming a part of TRT and and you know all of these movements is really a way to do that and I would encourage people to not be shy to share their gifts with our community and you know and then through that those would be amplified and shared um with with more people and if I could share a quote and it's by uh Jaya John he's one of my favorite authors he's a black man but he really speaks to black women in a very loving and nurturing way and you know he says if your soul is on fire to serve Mm -hmm. in a way that scares you to death and you don't feel worthy, ready, or able, and the burning will not leave you alone, congratulations, you have your calling. And I think I think a lot of us are in that place mm. right now. Like, I feel it within myself. I feel it collectively. And I just, I want to encourage people to do something with that. And, like, I, you know, we're offering mm-hmm. up the Roaring Twenties as, as a space for Black women to do that. So I, that's, you know, that's what I would want to say. <laughs> That's a lot to follow, guys. <laughs> all right. So what I would say is, um, you know, to all the Black women out there who are listening, first of all, we love you. We appreciate you for taking the time out of your day to listen to my girl's podcast. We hope you subscribe and you continue to listen because she got some amazing uh, interviews lined up for season two. But what I would say to you about t- uh, TRT is that this organization is all about your self-preservation you spend so much of your time and have spent so much of your life trying to make sure and ensure that everybody Mm. is okay whether it be your children your parents your extended family your colleagues 
you know, people you, you just happen to pass by on the street, you you tend to be the moral compass of this country, Black woman. And now we are at a place where we can no longer continue to give of ourselves without seeking something in return. The Roaring Twenties is your movement. It's your space to look after yourself and your needs first, to put yourself first. Because I find that when you take care of yourself first, everybody else just off sheer proxy or proximity to you mm -hmm. also benefits. And we've spent a lot of our lives, uh, a lot of years in this country, allowing other people to benefit off of whatever we have, leaving very little for ourselves. This century, we want to try something different. This century, we want to do something different. We want to start with us it must start with us and then by bit proxy everyone else will benefit so we encourage you to join trt we encourage you to sign up for membership we encourage you to you know get involved follow us like shaquita said on our social media platforms we're on linkedin we're on facebook we're on instagram we're on twitter um find us and then also make sure you visit the website the roaring 20s llc.com that's where you go to sign up for membership and that's where you go to connect listen you guys i want to truly thank you for being just just having this conversation tonight i like i said in the beginning it's much needed the space is needed yeah. this conversation was needed this inspiration was needed for somebody right. and all I can do is be grateful, grateful that you took the time with me, grateful to be part of this opportunity, grateful to be part of this movement. It's all a movement. Even her pocketbook is a movement. Mm -hmm. like you know, the, the, the sole reasoning for this is just to get voices out there. You know, um, I want my daughters to see imagery, mm -hmm. but hell, I want them to hear, you know, right. as well. So hear positive words, mm -hmm. hear positive women sharing stories and these stories not being stories of pain and anguish but mm -hmm. stories of inspiration and triumph mm -hmm. so dr dominique miss <laughs> brandy miss shaquita i thank you guys so much for just talking with us tonight i wish the best mm -hmm. for you all i wish the best for all of us to get to know the movement to get to know the mission of the warring 20s I encourage everyone listening tonight to women, support these women, follow them on all social media platforms. I want to thank all my guests this evening. You know, it truly warms my heart to be able to vibe with women of like minds. We have so much to offer this world and it's a damn powerful move when we can offer it all together. Ladies, there are so many more conversations to come. I don't want you to miss one word. So make sure you subscribe to Her Pocketbook Podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms.